Hey, Sam here, and I know your day's crazy, but I've got a quick idea to take your stress from overwhelmed to under control. So let's tackle systems from the classroom to your living room, one simple step at a time. This is the Simple Systems with Sam podcast. Welcome back to extra credit episodes of the Simple Systems with Sam podcast. We took a little break there for a hot minute. And honestly, the reason we're back right now is because of such huge technical issues that came with posting the last episode, which was the part one of Essentialism Summary. And I had this idea of what I wanted to talk about before I decided to summarize essentialism. And it just goes so well with part one that I figured, you know what, I owe everybody a bonus episode. So here is our value added episode. Literally, we're going to talk all about things that are adding value and things that we need to prioritize because they matter. And I'm not going to say that the podcast isn't value added. I know that if you're listening to it, I hope you enjoy it. I hope that you get value from it. But I did have to cut back on these extra credit episodes because for me, things just haven't been feeling good. Not for the podcast, but for all these other things I have in motion right now. I had been struggling a little bit and I have known that I need to cut back. When I'm starting to feel the burnout creeping in, then one of the first things I do is use this tool from companies. So let's let's talk about this whole value-added approach. Companies will look at a process that they do, and they are going to look at only the steps that add value to their bottom line. What steps are necessary to get to the end goal, which is either production quota, maybe monetary goals, maybe budget cuts. They need to decide what is bringing value to the company as a whole and start cutting the fluff of what's left. And this is how they become a lean system. And Lean Six Sigma is one of those things that I could just nerd out about all day, but it's basically continuously cutting fluff until you get to the things that really only matter. So from Essentialism, they talked about the Pareto rule, which is that 80% of the outcomes that you achieve come from only 20% of the work. And they kept mentioning over and over again that you want to be in charge of your own schedule. You want to be in charge of the things that you do and how you spend your time Because if you aren't in charge, somebody else is leading your life. And that's just not a good feeling. But also, when you start to feel like things are just too much and too heavy, then we need to start cutting back. And we need to know what things we have to do so that we can still maintain a semblance of a normalcy and things that are going well without pushing ourselves over the edge with things that really don't add value to our lives. And these can be big things, these can be small things. But using that idea from the book and assessing what you're doing in your everyday life, what things are actually bringing you a step closer to your goals and what things aren't. And if you think back to the root cause analysis episode, we're going to do something similar for step one of this, which is to basically find your root goal, the bare bones, most basic goal that you have whenever you're starting to feel stressed or overwhelmed with the situation that you're in and what you are working on. So if you are, for example, working on a note packet and you have to get it done before you can go to sleep, otherwise your students literally will have no clue what's going on and doodle notes work really well, but there's just so much to go. You can just sit there and say, okay, at the bare essence, 
what is the point of giving my students a note packet? And you may come to a conclusion that there really is no point. For me, the, the main point is that I can point to them exactly which page the notes are that we need to refer to. When they have an open note quiz, I can say, okay, you're going to get out the page with this title and this title. And as I say that in my head and say, okay, that's really the bare bones goal, then all I have to include on my notes is a title. I give them a Cornell note layout and I type a title in and I print that off and that is our note page. I used to add all of these clip arts and kind of do a rough layout of how I thought everything was going to fit ahead of time and try to type in things. And my way of taking notes was always a little bit different than they wanted to take the notes and the spacing never quite worked out. And it was just became more of a headache. And that's actually how I made the shift into sketch noting is because the spacing I prepared was never quite right. And the doodle notes kind of got in the way sometimes, especially as I was kind of creating them myself. So instead, we just would add sketches into our notes as we took them. And so students could copy that down, and it has worked amazingly. And if you're interested in my sketch noting journey and how you can implement in your classroom, go ahead and make sure you're on my email list because this summer I have a special surprise coming for you. And there may be a leaked preview or two if you are on my email list. But that's how I started getting into that, and that's how I simplified it, is I realized that I was going way too far with my notes. I was spending way too much time on them. And instead, what I did my very first year when I had this epiphany that my main goal was just to have a title on it, I literally had a Sharpie. And during passing period, before my classes came in, because remember, I had seven preps that first year, so there was no other extra time to get any of this ready. I would create a Sharpie doodle note or a Sharpie Cornell note page, and I would put the title on, and I would maybe put one or two drawings myself on there, and it took me 30 seconds. You know how long a pre-printed, well-designed note packet could take? Probably close to an hour for a few pages, because I was overanalyzing so much, but the root point of it was that we just needed to have a place where I could have them all referenced to the same set of notes. And so I had to root cause analysis my way to figure out what exactly was going to add value to what my problem was and wipe every other step out, tear it all back to the bare basics and what I needed. And based off of the energy and time that I have, I can add different steps back in. So maybe I do pre-lay out the notes and I can add in a doodle or two extra. Maybe I can't, and I just put a title and we sketch along with each other. Maybe I can type up a whole chart of where all their equations and things are going and how it should all be laid out. But if I don't, they can draw that in themselves too. So you want to get back to the bare bones basics so that you can decide what you can handle from there, but you're still accomplishing the goal. Is it getting you to your production number? Is it getting you time saved? Is it still producing the same financial outcome? That's what companies are going to look at, and that's what we should be looking at in our lives too. So if you start analyzing the things in your day, just like the book had said, trying to decide what is worth your time that you can dictate your time goes towards instead of somebody else, you can also dictate the quality and amount of time you put into different things so that you are adding value to your 
personal goal set. What is going to help you move forward and what isn't? So as you go through and ask yourself this throughout your day, when you feel overwhelmed, even in the slightest, or if you feel like maybe you're spending too much time on something and you have that inkling of a thought in the back of your mind, stop and say, where am I adding value and where am I spending an extra 35 minutes scrolling through these files on this Facebook group for my teaching subject and just kind of like losing time to something that I don't need to do right now. But also you can do this for all these areas. So let's let's do a couple of teaching. So teaching, lesson planning for sure. I think people can definitely over lesson plan. Um, I think that we over prep for some things. Science teachers, we can find simpler ways to do most labs and most demonstrations. Do we like to add a little bit of flair? Mm-hmm, we sure do. Does it take so much longer in prep and cleanup and potentially cause anxiety depending on what you let your students do? Yes, all those too. So if you don't have the time or the ability to set it up, just the other day, my physics classes were doing momentum. I could have set up the motion carts and we could have pulled up all of our laptops and we could have gotten all these sensors out to do momentum. But you know what we did? We grabbed some meter sticks, some balls, and we bounced them. (laughs) And it worked just as well. And we could spend more time together making sure that the root of it, which is the math and the concept, were solidified than trying to figure out how we set up these cars and if all of our things are pointing in the right way and the sensors were working correctly. We did what we needed to do. We rolled it back to the bare bones and we still had the value added that was necessary. At home, we can do the same thing and go overboard with some of the simplest stuff. I was actually just Googling earlier today, happy birthday inflatable for my front yard that I can just pull out every birthday because like those cute little yard signs, my kids love them when they see other people's houses. And I know that I want them to feel special and I do want to make a big deal of their birthdays. Well, we've got a two-year-old birthday coming up but I don't want to put all those yard stakes into my yard. <laughs> and then just for them to get rained on and deformed and really only used once. So I was like, you know what? Let me just decide that I'm going to get an inflatable and this special inflatable I'm going to pull out every single birthday and then we're done. That's it. I'm not doing it anymore. And I was trying to reel back to the bare bones minimum because again, my headspace lately has not been in the extreme, but I know that it would add value for me feeling like I was celebrating my kid's birthday to the level that I want them to be excited for their birthday. Meals are another one that we really need to think about value added when we feel like a time crunch. What is the important part of a meal? Yes, you can talk about nutrients and if it's well balanced and if that is important to you, thousand percent go for that. If that is where your value feels added, do that. For me, my main goal is that I put food on a plate and we sit and we hang out as a family. My kids, half the time, even if they love the meal, won't even touch it. So I am going to be buying tons and tons of mac and cheese. And I will be putting other healthy options on there with them. But if I don't have the time to just invent a new dinner from scratch that I hope they might try or cut all of their food into fun little shapes, that's not value added. The only goal is that they have the option to eat food that is put in front of them. And if they do it, that's just an extra success. But also for me and my husband, like there has been probably too much door dashing since we moved to an area with DoorDash. But if I have the energy, 
one day each week, I can meal prep four large meals and that will pull us through the whole week. It doesn't have to be fresh. (laughs) It is something that I'm probably steaming broccoli in the microwave or I'm making like seven pounds worth of meatloaf all at once. But that's all the goal comes down to is that we have as adults a semi-balanced meal that we can eat whenever we need it. So that goal is accomplished. And also at home, I think sometimes we worry too much about the cleanliness of our home when I don't know if when it comes down to it, any of us really care about having an overly tidied house. I know that the news broke not too long ago about Marie Kondo giving up on keeping a tidy house now that she has three kids, and I am not mad at her. Before I had three kids, I also would have thought that I could keep my house as tidy as she intended. However, that's not happening anymore. And I like my house to be lived in. I like us to have adventures. I like it that my almost two-year-old is pulling all the books off the shelf to flip through, and he's just reading them to himself, babbling away, flipping through page after page, pulling another book out. It's adorable. It's also a disaster by my bookshelves, but I'm not going to stop that because my goal is not that the house is picture-perfect ready for when anybody stops by, because if people are stopping by, they better know how we're going to live. But sometimes we put that pressure on ourselves that we need to vacuum, we need to mop, we need to make sure the counters are always cleared. Every once in a while, I will definitely clear my counters, and having systems to make things easier to put away and know where they go does make that a lot faster. But if I roll back to what the goal is, the goal is that we just live in our house happy. And so as long as we're not growing mold on our floors, we're we're pretty good how it is. Taking a look at what is adding value is worth it. And this comes to when you can say no to things in your personal life, saying no to events, saying no to invitations, because it is not going to add value for you. There's so many things that we do because we want to feel like we're going that extra step, or we unconsciously are already going that extra step too many times. Well, here I am to tell you that that extra step is what is causing the problem. You can still write up a worksheet in Arial size 11 font from a Google Doc and share it digitally instead of printing it out and be a good teacher. You can still home fresh a meal or order a pizza and be a good parent. So sometimes you take a step back and see what is actually adding value to the bare bones end goal. And as you have extra energy and as you have extra time, add on to that. But when you go too far, sometimes it's too hard to rein it back in. And when you feel that burnout coming on, you know where your baseline is for the bare minimum that needs to get done, and things can become more manageable a lot quicker. So this was like our lovely little extension on part one of essentialism, and I hope you really got something from this. I think that the concept of value-added activities, once you start practicing, thinking through what you're spending your time on, and if it is actually benefiting your life and your goals, it can be a big game changer. And so I would love it if you would share over on Instagram at Engineers Education or at Simple Systems with Sam Podcast what types of things you realized are not adding value that you can cut today. And if you have the energy and you have the time, feel free to add it back in. But for now, 
let's keep it simple. Until next time. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope that this simple step will help build big results in your classroom, home, and life. Remember to subscribe, review, and tag me on social media at Engineer Does Education so we can build a simple system together.